Welcome to I'm Not Lost Travel Podcast. We're coming to you with another quarantine special here from California where we are on lockdown, shelter in place, and we have our other friend here. Hello. We're going to talk to you guys today about the monarch butterflies in the migration down in Mexico in a recent trip that we took. Try and give you as many details as we can. Um, but yeah, this is a good one. It was a fun, long weekend that we took down there. The last time we had a holiday, we extended it. Um, there's actually President's Day. So we had two two holidays on the Friday and on the Monday. So we're able to turn it into a long weekend and, and get this little trip checked off our Mexico bucket list. And again, this is going to follow along with all the Mexico trips we've been talking about. It's really been a focus of ours to try and see as much as Mexico. It's our neighbor here. So why not? Why not see that instead of fly across seven hours of ocean? So um, in case you're getting bored with Mexico, don't because there's so much more to see. We haven't even scratched the surface, but we will tell you about our most recent trip here. So um, give you a couple things that you're going to want to know. Where do you want? So there's a couple of migrations that happen. Um, there's the wildebeest in Africa. That is one of the great migrations. Um, and I think that I would consider the monarch butterflies coming down from Canada to Mexico um, as another one of them. So the wildebeest are definitely on my list of things to see. And so was this. And I checked this one off and it was awesome. So what we did is we flew into Mexico City which is, I would say, the majority of people we're going to go into. Um, and from there, you can either rent a car, and that way give yourself a little extended time there, take a bus for maybe $20, or um, you could fly even into, or do a day tour, and you can actually see it in a day. You'd be quite rushed, I think, and you could only see, well, you could probably see two in a day. But if you do have time, I would try and spend a little extra, a little extra time there you know, seeing more than just one. So anyhow, uh, let's, a couple other things you want to remember. So there's three main ones. The main and most popular, uh, sanctuary is considered, um, El, it's called El Rosario and El Rosario is going to be the biggest one that almost all the tour groups are going to take you to. Um, what can we tell you about, uh, about El Rosario? Um, it is big and then to go along with it, it is big crowds. Um, there was a ton of people there compared to the other ones. I don't want to call it a zoo, but it was pretty close to a zoo. Um, in the number of tourists there, a lot of day trippers coming from Mexico city, coming from, um, you know, all over Michoacan and all over Mexico. Really? We didn't see too many, um, American travelers on our trip. Uh, we did see a couple um, of Europeans, a couple of people from South America, and there was a couple tours that did come from, you know, America. Like, I think we saw one tour of uh, senior citizens from um, America there, but it's quite crowded. So what do you need to know about El Rosario is you can go from Mexico City or we stayed in, you could say, in a town called Anguay. It's hard to say, Anganguio, Anganguio, and I'm saying that totally wrong, so bear with me. Um, our ticket to get in El Rosario was only 50 pesos, and you also, we parked a car, so that's another 20 pesos. So that's your ticket prices to get in, um, but it's well worth it. 
what else? Once you're in, there is it's big. It's a real long, um, not not a hor- not a really a hike. Anyone can do it. Well, I don't know if I'd say anyone can do it. I would say you have to be somewhat um, into at least okay with walking to to get up. Because how long would you say the hike to get to where the butterflies really start is? Uh, it was like a mile before you see some butterflies in like an open field, and then probably another half a mile or so before you really get into the woods where you see a lot of the butterflies migrating. Yeah. So, you know, and people start, you know, within the first 15 minutes, you're like, wow, look at, there's some butterflies and you start taking pictures and we're like, well, do we take pictures here? Is this it? Is this all we see? And 20 minutes in, you're like, there's a couple butterflies there. Just hold off. Just get yourself to the end. Um, once you get up there, it is worth it. Um, there's even one turn back about halfway up that one mile she mentioned don't turn back there keep going um once you get to the end there is hundreds and hundreds and why am i saying hundreds there's millions of butterflies this it's incredible it really is absolutely incredible it was um again there's crowds i mean to the point where you know they're kind of moving people along at some in some junctions of it where it kind of bottlenecks but for the most part you're able to see just millions in there all over the ma- uh, the fir, I think they're called fir trees, fir trees. <laughs> and um, they look like leaves. There's so many. There's there's butterflies on the ground. You have to actually watch where you step because they're even on the ground. I don't know if they're if that means they're sleeping or what, but you have to watch where you step. Um, if there's a watering hole, like a puddle, you'll just see thousands surrounding that getting water. Um, but tons of opportunities to take pictures, to just sit there and enjoy them. But again, you're surrounded by people. And also just, like I said, please do, you know, watch where you walk. And there's some people who are walking off to get their own selfies into this patches of um, forest, not, no, and there's only about one or two spots that you can actually do that. Uh, Cause there is, I don't wanna call them security guards, but just rangers, park rangers. But I don't think stepping on, you know, 50 uh, butterflies and killing them is worth a selfie, so. Um, so yeah, so it's, and it's also, um, what else, what else would you add about El Rosario? It's beautiful. We definitely saw more at this one than we did the other ones. Although you must prepare yourself for a crowd, but on the way out, there's tons of little stalls you can get snacks at and shop at. And it was really pretty. I'm really glad we went to that one. Yeah, it's definitely, um, we got some of the tastiest, what is it, blackberries, raspberries? Oh, blackberries and raspberries, or oh strawberries. They were delicious. So fresh. Some some elote for like 20 pesos, and um, what else? Did we get anything else? We got some tasty bread for later. Um, and some chocolate-covered strawberries for Valentine's Day. That's right. Chocolate-covered, chocolate-covered strawberries. And yeah, there's no bathrooms on the entire hike. So um, I just about sprinted down the mountain and um, had to hit the head pretty hard there. It was it was uh, it was kind of a life or death situation. And let's talk about the situation with toilet paper. You know, with this whole toilet paper crisis, I feel like the culture down there could survive, you know, a solid month off of one roll. Whereas America, we're, we go through a roll a day, I feel like. Well, well, you do. I do. But I went into the bathroom down there. You handed my five, what was it? Pesos. Five pesos. And he gives me four square of toilet paper, like four of the squares. And I'm thinking, is this to wipe the head of my penis? Like, what are these four squares for? Like, I can't even blow my nose with this. Um, and so 
<laughs> like, do I just keep shoveling him money and just be like, dude, just give me the role? Like, I'm American. Like, I need the whole role. Um, and I don't have any kinds of, of GI problems or anything. It's just like, you know, we have a different, uh, different needs here in America, I feel like. Well, I don't know. But, um, and then, and then also, you ever have where the, I remember the door was broken. So you have one arm holding the door, the other trying to aim your ass over the toilet seat. You're taking this too far. Well, I just want people to know what they're in for. Like, <laughs> go, go at the hotel is what I'm trying to say. Because when that morning uh, Mexican food hits you, you just don't want to be, you know, an hour away in a butterfly sanctuary where there's hundreds and thousands of people looking at you. So, and bring teepee. Rachel called me. She's like, what are you stealing the teepee for? And I'm like, you don't know when we'll need it. Sure enough, we needed the teepee. So make sure you have that extra teepee. Um, and yeah, that's that's what you need to know. And also, can we talk about the, the baskets with the, the toilet paper in them? So you wipe and then you put it in the basket. And like, I get it. Like some septic tanks can't handle the toilet paper. But I also like kind of want to gag every time I see a pile of use toilet paper you don't want to chime in on this leave me hanging looking weird no oh there's someone out there who also i mean i get it i guess put the lid down but i I don't know like then the guy comes and grabs the bucket and i'm like ew gross you're touching it and he's probably got gloves or no he didn't have gloves for sure didn't have gloves i watched him and i almost wanted to vomit in my mouth so um i don't know i'm sure i'll just end up plugging the toilet by just throwing a you know half a roll in there each time but that's okay so back on track sorry about that um el rosario is the best in that you will see by far more butterflies than you can see you can't get lost it is super easy but the only downside is there's gonna be a ton of people there so if you're okay with that el rosario is your spot there's two there's one other main spot and that's several uh, no excuse me sierra chinkua Sierra Chinkua was um, awesome. Um, just a little bit less, though, as far as the butterflies. Well, I'd say a lot less as far as number of butterflies than El Rosario. Drastically less. Drastically less. Sierra Chinkua is only about, oh gosh, I feel like 10 miles as the cry, as the crow flies, but took us about 45 minutes as yeah, far as... because it's a windy road. Crazy switchbacks, like one-way switchbacks, and then once you even get through the switchbacks, then you're on dirt road, and then there's dirt road switchbacks with giant potholes. So you can't really get any speed going in your car because I was just like, oh, God, pothole. And you just swear. It looks like, I mean, there are some parts of that road that look like, you know, a bomb had, you know, we got peppered with uh, aerial bombs because um, it was pretty crazy. But again, probably like 50 pesos to get in. Um, and once you get there, there's a little parking lot. Um, they're going to hit you up with a guide. So right as you're even pulling up, someone waves you down. He looks pretty official. He's got a badge and he starts straight, you know, speaking in uh, Espanol and, um, you know, you know, I'm pretty fluent and by fluent, I mean, I'm not fluent at all. So, but I was like, eh, sounds like, like I'm just deducing what he could be saying. And I'm like, oh, he's like a guide telling me I have to have a guide. And I was like, no, I'm good. Thank you. And he's like, no, you, you know, in Espanol, you have to have a guide. Um, and I was like, do I have to? And he kind of was like, mm, well, you know, you really should. Or you don't know what you're looking at. And I was like, well, I'll take my chances. So um, we took our chances and we passed like two of them. They couldn't understand why we wouldn't want one. But I was like, you don't speak English. So you're really not. And then when we get there, um, we tried to do the guide thing again. They called the one guy who knew English, um, said we need him. Then I said, do we really need him? 
And uh, it turns out you don't need them. Um, so just don't let them kind of get you with that one. If you want one, it's actually probably better to get one because it's going to give you a lot of great information. Um, but for us, without being able to speak a lot of English, it wasn't going to be worth it. So We don't speak a lot of Spanish. We do speak English. Well, no, then. he didn't speak. Oh, okay. Goodness. And thank you. I speak Espanol. Thank you. Sí. Rachel's Espanol is, well, let's just say not muy bien. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow um so back back to back to what we were saying is there's a little shopping area as well not as elaborate and many stalls um as el rosario el rosario go when you're done just be hungry because there's so many snacks to eat it's it's pretty awesome but um same thing um sierra chinkua is just a lot smaller and um apparently you can get lost there uh we got there close to closing time and we didn't see anyone still hiking and they're like, you're going to get lost. And of course, I'm like, uh, no, I won't. I don't need your services, which is like any stubborn guy out there. Similar. Anyone can relate? Maybe? Anyone? I can Maybe. relate. I've witnessed it. Yeah. So um, then cue us lost being like, this doesn't look right. <laughs> and then we had to backtrack about 45 minutes. So there's like two ways you could have gone. Oh, and also they want to hit you up for horse rides. If you want to take horses, but I'm like, um, no, my legs work. I'm not really big a fan of riding animals as long as my legs are working. So, um, and by the way, we saw, I mean, I'm trying to like, there are some people who are riding horses that, I mean, this one horse's back was going to collapse. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to call anyone out here, but man, just don't ride on the back of the horse, dude. That's poor horse. So, but anyhow, so yeah, the hike took maybe what? Did you say 45 minutes to an hour to get there? Yeah. It's pretty decent. It's pretty decent. Um, but this one, um, it's why I would go there is we didn't see, but we went on like a Monday. Um, that may have something to do with it, but we saw the whole day, five to 10 people. I mean, just all to ourselves, little photo sessions of butterflies and, um, so if you value that tranquility and that um, just being alone and just not having the, the tours and the everyone around, I would recommend Sierra Chinkua. Um, there's just not as many um, as El Rosario, meaning you can stand at El Rosario and just hear wings flapping around you. There's so many. Um, but the the remoteness of Sierra Chinkua, some of the views of the hike are much better and um, the remoteness. I probably just seeing... I don't know. I just, I'd recommend Sierra Chinkua for that. Um, and then the last one was Cerro Pelon. Um, that one is supposed to be the best, but the hardest to get to and the hardest to hike to. We tried to do it via, did we do Google Maps? Yeah. Uh, I left Rachel in charge of one thing, one thing this trip, and she gives me the wrong directions. It was impossible to find. Well, it was possible to find, but just needed the right direction. So we took the directions. We parked in this small town. It's one of those ones where you park and, like, everyone in the small town's head turns. Like, who are these people? And um, I was like, well. Uh, and the guy's like, mind you, we have, like, a, a one-cylinder um, hatchback. Like, And now he's like, yeah, yeah, pointing up the mountain. Doesn't speak any English. And we didn't know what he was saying. He just kept pointing up the mountain. He's, I was like, I can drive El Coche? my car and he's the point yeah yeah see see and so we go about five minutes up and we're like this is no way able to have a car driving on it and uh, we go back and park in the town these little boys were watching waiting by the car and this is one thing you know i i want to point out is you know i have my instinct of 
Well, just like if you've ever been to Hawaii, um, you know, you leave your car for a hike, you're going to come back with your window smashed. That's just a given. So we were like, let's take everything out, put it in the trunk, take it, you know. And I said, you know what, let's just leave the windows open. The whole town's looking at us, you know, most likely going to smash the windows. Um, you know, because one boy wanted money to watch the car. And I said, ah, you know, when I get back, when I get back. And um, to, to, to just, you know, tell you what another story about Mexico that I love is that coming back, um, we're like, well, what do you think's there? You think it's up on blocks? Or you think it's just totally gone? And uh, sure enough, it was not only there, um, with the doors unlocked, not one thing was touched in it. And little boy came up and said, you know, he watched it for me. So I gave him some money and I gave him some stuff that I brought with to give out. And um, it was one of my favorite stories of Mexico because that's just the kind of country that it is. Um, and anyhow, so back to our hike, about three hours up the mountain. We haven't seen one person. Um, and we just read about the murders that were there. Um, you know, we're trying to cross over from Michoacan to the state of Mexico to find this. Um, and we're looking at the GPS. And we're like, it looks like it's just up here. And you know, it's like, wait, do we come right? Do we come left? And then on the way down, it's about six o'clock. It's starting to get dark. After we finally get to the almost top of the mountain, the entire, I mean, big mountain, and we see a bull, and he's right in the middle of this little um, single track hike, and he's looking at me like, if you come any closer, I will ram you. I don't even know why a bull's doing up that high in the mountain. And I was like, you know what? That bull's way bigger than both of us. Let's just go back. It's 6 o'clock, or it's almost 6 o'clock. So we started sprinting down the mountain, and that's where it became a little tricky. There's no signage the entire hike, not one sign which is probably our first guess of why we had the wrong one. But again, another moment I want to point out too, this is off track, but it just I just want to show you what kind of people, you know, a guy saw us going through the mud on this muddy um, track that we came in on. He said, no, 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 cut through my land. You know, none, none of this is English, right? Just He just was motioning. No, this way, this way. I heard uh, sucio, like dirt, like dirt, dirty. And, um, you know, I figured, oh, thank you so much. So we cut through his lawn and just beautiful farm country out there so while we didn't make it to sierra chincua up oh, i'm saying the wrong one cerro pelon it was gorgeous mountains gorgeous farm animals and just a nice um hike as well that we ended up doing and turned it into but also um if you're going to do cerro pelon go through we, we should have gone through there's a hostel i think it's called jim's like butterfly hostel or jim's you know butterfly bnb or B &B. something like that I just go through them because it is a challenging one to get to and it's got a pretty decent hike to it. So you can also find, I'm sure, other tour companies, but that's just one of the main ones that we, we saw. So I wouldn't do it on your own because it no. was miserable. It's yeah. like all cobblestone and like muddy and a very creepy, creepy, possibly drug lord house. I'm not sure what it was. I I would just stick to paying somebody. Yeah, yeah. So um and in, anyhow, and also, where would you want to stay with these? Um, if you're staying in Mexico City for a day trip, well, there you go. But we stayed in Zitacuaro, which is a town of about like 150,000 people. So a decent-sized city for the state of Michoacan. And our hotel was called Hotel Boutique. Uh, it was really nice. The front desk was, you know, helpful. Um, cute little spot. Zitacuaro, there's not much to do there. We just kind of roamed around at night. And went, we ended up going to the town square and they actually had a color run and a DJ that night. So it ended and they were eating tons of sheet cake to celebrate. Uh, so we listened to the DJ. I drank about a two liter bottle of Diet Coke and then uh, just spent the rest of the evening looking for <laughs> bad baños. So, um, but yeah, otherwise, 
cute little town square, but again, not too much to do. So that would be a great one if you're going to go to Cerro Pelon or um, I guess El Rosario. But El Rosario is about 45 minutes away, and we'd recommend the town of Anguang, Anganguio. Anganguio. Um, teeny little town, maybe 10,000 people. Nothing to do at night. Like it's an old mining town. And uh, we went down to the town square, and maybe 10 people were out. Uh, got something to eat and walk back to our quiet little B&B. And I believe the B&B was called um, Hotel Don Gabino. So eh, it was okay. I think the boutique in Zituquara was way better. But yeah, um, stay in Anganguio because it is very close to, um, super close, like 15 minutes to Sierra Chincua and El Rosario. One other thing about, El, um, about Sierra Chincua is you can zipline. I can never turn down a cheap zip line. So for 50 pesos, no, 70 pesos, um, they got all excited. I'm like, oh gosh, like we're, there's literally no one there. So they, you know, she went screaming, looking for all the gear, collected all the gear. And we're like, it's really no big deal if you don't have it. She's like, no, no, wait here. Um, no English though, went sprinting, found all the gear. And I think a, like a 14 year old girl like uh, ran it. And <laughs> he, she hooked me up and I was like, how do I stop? And she's like, no, no English. I was like, well, this should be fun. And um, it actually, it was it was worth 70 pesos, beautiful scenery. However, my legs went straight over the ending, and I stopped myself with a tree. Dan missed it all because he was behind me. He went second. Yeah, but I had to make sure the first person survives where I go. <laughs> I went straight through the rope, so well, just be careful. Yeah. So um, anyhow, um, best time to go, a couple other just last minute tips that we want to give you. The best time to go is probably, I mean, they say, I think February, um, January, February is probably your best month. March has a little bit more. Um, also November, I think they start arriving at first. Yeah, but I think mistaken. they said the peak of their season was February. Yeah, so you're going to get most tourists then, but also that's because there's most butterflies then. So um, and also one other thing too, one little hidden spot that we found that I really liked um, if you go, go to a hotel, a uh, hotel, a pyramids, and this was Zona Archeologica, Zona Archeologica de San Felipe. And um, I, I think I'm saying that right. But what it was, was super cool. It was like this giant pyramid, Zira Huato, Zira Huato, Z-I-R-A-H-U-A-T-O, I believe is the name. And it's just on the way, if you're heading out, stop there first thing in the morning. We were the only ones there. This nice older gentleman, we paid him um, maybe 30 pesos, 50 pesos. He opened the gate for us. You know, he just got there. He put his stuff down. He says, oh, boy, you're already here. Uh, didn't speak any English. Uh, I'm kind of translating what I think he said. <laughs> we signed in, and he let us go explore. And wow, was it cool. The only ones there is giant pyramid. No one's there. And I thought, can we touch it? Can we crawl on it? Yeah, of course. You know, there's no I mean, they, they we we hiked to the very top, uh took pictures. We spent probably an hour there exploring. It'd be a great place to watch the sunset. A great place to have a picnic. And it's all yours to yourself. Not one person was there when we were there. So, that'd be our little secret tip um on your trip. Otherwise, um I would say it was spectacular. One of the coolest things I've seen um as far as the butterflies. I I thought to myself, um, just being up at, you know, you're at 8,500 feet elevation up in the mountains, the pine trees, the sun coming through, um, just sitting there in that peaceful moment, looking at the butterflies, listening to the wind coming through the trees and hearing the butterfly wings. 
Um, it was one of the moments I don't think I'll ever forget it, especially about Mexico. And one of those places, I'm like, you could just bury me here because this is one of the most peaceful spots I've ever been. So highly recommended trip here. Do you have any other things you want to add about the trip? Um, just be careful if you get a rental car, just because we drove from Mexico City and make sure to change your toll routes because we uh, took quite the detour a couple of times. Yeah, I'd pay the extra money and just do the, the, the toll roads because they are 10 times better. And we'll talk about that on the next podcast of our trip to Hidalgo. But um, yeah, it's a challenging city to drive, a challenging country to drive in. Um, I'd say mostly because of the speed bumps and because of the potholes. Otherwise, I wouldn't say it's too bad. So now go enjoy yourself. It was beautiful. Yeah. So for us here at I'm Not Lost Travel Podcast, stay safe, have fun, and enjoy your quarantine. Stay at home, people. Princess, wash away.